Good morning, America. Welcome to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. I'm Wyatt Wright. This show is about your rights and the laws that govern us. Rights you've heard about and care about and would certainly miss if they were gone. I've spent half a lifetime watching government go from trying to do what's right and failing to trying to do what's wrong and succeeding. Every year, more and more of our personal rights are erased from the books while Americans stand idly by. Not because we don't care. Of course we care. Because our lives are busy enough trying to feed our families and raise our kids. While we're busying ourselves with life, the metaphorical water temperature is rising all around us, like the frog that gets boiled without ever knowing it. On this show, we discuss legal issues that affect you and me, the people of Texas. We'll take a hard look at the laws that affect your freedom, your ability to access the courts, to vote, to speak freely, or in short, to live the American dream. Stick around. Today we'll be joined from Washington, D.C. by Robert Weissman, president of the Consumer Advocacy Group, Public Citizen, and get his thoughts on how our new laws affect you. Let's dive right in today. We've got a lot to cover. Are you sick of political advertisements on TV? They take up so much of the airwaves that you just want to turn the TV off? Do billboards and full-page newspaper ads Jump out at every turn during election season? Well, get ready, because they're about to get exponentially worse. Today we'll be talking about a new Supreme Court opinion that will change elections and interfere with your everyday lives in ways we never dreamed of before. This is because in 2010, the U.S. Supreme Court, in a case called Citizens United versus Federal Elections Commission, told us that for-profit corporations may now spend unlimited amounts of money telling us who to vote for. So why is this dangerous? Well... When you and I go to the polls, we vote in ways that we believe is good for us, our families, and our country. That is democracy in action. We, the people, vote our conscience, our beliefs, and our values. We vote for things we care about, like good jobs, affordable health care, safe products, the promise of clean air and water, a good retirement. On the other hand, corporations spend money in political elections with only one agenda in mind, to maximize profits. Corporations can't take into consideration any other goal, whereas people do exactly that. Let's look at an extreme example. Suppose a candidate promised two things if he were elected, to prevent an increase in health insurance premiums and to create a nuclear waste disposal site in downtown Dallas. Well, health care premiums may be important to a person, but he or she might very well balance these issues, decide to vote against this candidate because the dangers of the waste site far exceed any other benefit. But a corporation has no motivation other than to maximize profits, even at the expense of Americans' quality of life. So a company that disposes of nuclear waste might be willing to spend millions of dollars on this candidate's campaign. In short, corporations cannot have a conscience, not one that interferes with profit-making ability, even if their individual shareholders do. And any corporate executive who makes a decision that's against profit-making abilities must surely be removed from his or her post. But wait a minute, you say, I've heard of big corporations giving money to charity. True. That's exactly the point. You have heard of them. If you didn't, then it does the corporations no good. That is, such money is donated because they want us to hear about them and feel a sense of gratitude and loyalty to such companies. Make no mistake, charitable donations are an integral component of a corporation's marketing campaign. Case in point, if you watch the 2011 Baseball World Series, you continually saw advertisements promoting MasterCard's Stand Up to Cancer campaign. In short, MasterCard was touting $4 million that it gave to cancer research. 
Certainly, this is a marvelous thing. And having seen cancer's effects in my own family, I, I support finding a cure. But the fine print tells us that MasterCard's 45-day effort only donates 50 cents for each purchase with a registered card and so on and so on. So the campaign is able to give money to cancer research based solely upon promoting an increase in the use of the credit cards, thus making MasterCard more money. I actually like the campaign, and I use my MasterCard to support it, but I have no illusions about MasterCard's real motivations in supporting the campaign. Why else splash their name across 50 million TV sets at the end of every inning? But you and I are people. Big corporations like Shell and Halliburton, not people, and government should be about America, what people want, not what big corporations want. And what people want will be left behind under this new ruling because giant corporations can now, under Citizens United, spend unlimited amounts of money getting their hand-picked representatives elected to the posts that make our laws. We're talking about the McCain-Feingold bill that was passed in 2002, which has now been struck down in large part by Citizens United. And when corporate interest takes center stage in America, bad things happen. For instance, we have trade restrictions have been eased uh, to allow so many jobs to go overseas where labor is cheaper. Why has that happened? Well, because manufacturing corporations' influence in Washington to maximize profits took center stage. Why has the EPA come under attack for keeping our water and air clean? Industrial corporations' influence in Washington to reduce the expenses associated with, with all their cleanup that they have to do. So the examples go on and on, and they exist because corporate America has an agenda and they have to follow it. I'm not faulting them for it. That's their job. That's what being in charge of a big corporation means nowadays. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show, program where we point out and discuss the ever-increasing disappearance of our American rights. But can it really all go wrong? Well, consider this case from West Virginia. A coal mining corporation was found liable for fraud and ordered to pay a large judgment. Knowing that the case was on appeal, the corporation, through its chief executive, contributed $3 million to the campaign of a friendly candidate to the West Virginia Supreme Court, who ultimately won the seat. Not surprisingly, that justice refused to recuse himself from the appeal and said he wasn't biased, even though he got $3 million. Why do you suppose that corporation was willing to spend $3 million on a candidate? It's an obscene amount of money for one race. But the Supreme Court has said that in the case of contributions to election campaigns, unlimited funds are now permissible. This is what we need to be careful of. But the West Virginia case turned on a judge's obligation to recuse himself. Folks, this is not required of representatives in Congress. So it seems the only way to prevent such corrupting expenditures is to prohibit them in the first place. That is what the bipartisan federal law, the McCain-Feingold bill, did which has now been struck down. Coming up, we'll open the mailbag to see what you have to say to me, so stick around. Uh, but not only are American corporations allowed to spend unlimited amounts of money, so too are foreign corporations. We don't let non-citizens vote in our elections, but now we will allow foreign corporations to direct the election of our representatives? Look, where are we headed here? As one federal judge put it, this will permit corporations to inject immense aggregations of wealth in the election process and will radically distort the electoral landscape. This judge went on to say that candidates who benefit from this money are acutely aware and appreciate such expenditures and, of course, feel indebted to those who spend the money. 
And why not? I mean, that's human nature, isn't it? To believe otherwise would be tantamount to sticking our heads in the sand to avoid reality. This hasn't always been the way corporations were handled in America. When the Constitution was passed, most businesses were simply sole proprietorships where the owner had a personal stake in his community. Some corporations were permitted, but only for specific short-term projects like building a rail line. And after a few years, the corporation was terminated. But in today's world, corporations have perpetual lifetimes and are not limited to a specific purpose. Instead, most are given charters to go on and on and on forever. So as I've said before, corporations are, are wonderful vehicles of capitalist growth, which I generally support, but we can't lose sight of the fact that they're artificial. People are real, and at the end of the day, only one lays a head upon a pillow. And if we aren't careful, the ruling in Citizens United will be such that Jimmy Stewart's famous Mr. Smith won't be going to Washington anytime soon because corporate campaign money will drown out the small spenders and the individual voices. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Justice for All, the White Right Show, we talk about the disappearance of American rights. This is something that's going to continue if we're not very, very careful about uh, in the future. We need to go into our mailbag now. It's time to reach in and see what people have to say to me. Well, as always, you can send me an email at speakup at wyattwrightshow.com. Today we've got an email from George in San Antonio who writes, It seems that part of the problem with government is the lack of interest in, in our civics and how they work. Civics used to be required teaching in our schools, but today I bet most kids would have a hard time listing the three branches of government. Yeah, you're right, George. You know, you've spotted a legitimate issue that has bothered me for some time as well. If our kids don't learn about government from us, then from whom will they learn it? In fact, most of our uh, neighboring and industrial nations of the world teach United States government to their students, knowing that they may one day find themselves on the bigger world stage. How disappointing is it that foreign students often get a better United States civics education than those right here in America? Thanks for the email, uh, George. I- I'm going to make sure to add that to our list of topics for shows to come. Today we've got a guest with us. guest is uh, Robert Weisman. He's the president of the 40-year-old Washington, D.C.-based consumer advocacy group called Public Citizen. Mr. Weissman has written extensively on corporate accountability, access to medicines, corporate influence over the political process, the World Trade Organization, and the regulation of the financial markets. Mr. Weissman, good morning, and thank you for joining us. It's great to be with you. Well, listen, uh, today we are talking about the Supreme Court case in Citizens United versus FEC, which gave corporations the same free speech rights that people have. Um, but I've searched the Constitution, and, and, and I can't find the word corporation anywhere in it. Uh, but I do find 33 references to people or person. What's going on here? Any ideas? Well, the Supreme Court, in its five to four wisdom, decided that corporations should be treated as people um, for the purposes of interpreting the First Amendment and the rights that were intended for people in the original drafting of the of the Bill of Rights should be extended uh, as well to corporations. Now, as you know, this this idea about figuring out when corporations should have the same constitutional rights as people traces back. Uh, more than 130 years to an 1886 decision, but the court has had to deal in particular, the application of particular rights 
over the years. And the idea that corporations should have the same rights as people on core First Amendment questions is really a, a novelty and a breakthrough in Citizens United. And it's it's most startling, perhaps, of the whole line of decisions that extend people's rights to corporations because it deals with the essence of our democracies, the rule of the people, now rule of the corporations. Right. And, you know, it seems that, that uh, and maybe it's uh, it just wasn't paid attention to, but it seems that this is much more pronounced now, this entire shift, uh, corporate shift uh, on profit uh, over people was, wasn't as bad in decades past. Is this is this a sign of, of, of a change that, uh, that we can expect to continue? Yeah, I think that the decision is part of a whole trend towards um, elevating the rights of corporations and simultaneously separating corporations out from community and community and national responsibility. Now, there, there's no reason to glorify the past. This is a tension and a problem throughout history and certainly throughout American history. But as you have more globalization of corporations and the, the disconnect between corporations and the communities in which they're based, there's there's less responsibility, less attachment, less long-lasting commitment, and it's it's ironic that that um, that that development over the last thirty or forty years has tracked exactly with the elevation of corporate rights. So even as the corporations have reduced their loyalty to country and community, the country, the United States, has given them more rights, given them rights that really belong to people in instance after instance. Right. And, and tell me just, uh, if you would, tell our listeners what Public Citizen uh, is and what, what you guys uh, do. Uh, well, we work on exactly this set of issues. As you say, we are, we're celebrating our 40th year this year. We work on a range of consumer issues and, and corporate accountability, trying to d- deepen our democracy and simultaneously work on protecting um, health safety in our in our justice system. Well, that's fantastic, uh, and I think your your website is justice is it justice dot uh, citizen dot org citizen dot org. Wonderful. Listen, you know uh, people have natural rights just for being born, uh, but corporations are created by statutes, right? That's exactly right. Okay, so isn't it more accurate to say that corporations really ought to only have the privileges that the laws creating them give them, uh, and not necessarily have the type of inalienable rights that you and I would have? Is that is that a foreign concept? Uh, it's it's not it may be foreign now as the Americans go differently, but no, I, mean, I, th- I think that's exactly right. It's exactly what sh- what should follow, and it's unfortunately something that the, the Supreme Court has lost sight of. And you know, as you know, the problem, one of the problems, I mean, one of the deep problems with rooting these corporate privileges and, and changing these corporate privileges, privileges and grants of rights from statutes. And saying, okay, now these rights, these rights, in quotes, are rooted in the Constitution means that Congress can't do anything about it. Congress cannot undo the Citizens United decision. Um, they, the decision by the court, 5-4, said this is a First right. Amendment claim of the corporations. And the only way now to undo this decision is either for the court to decide it made a mistake um, or that we enact a constitutional amendment to overturn it. Right, and that's something I want to talk about. Uh, uh, just if you're turning in, uh, you're listening to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. This is where we point out and discuss the ever-increasing disappearance of our American rights. Well, the Supreme Court, it, it seemed to assert that a corporation was an association of persons, and this was one of the avenues that got them uh, to, the, to the place where they could say that they have 
free speech, you know, attributes. But it seems to me that this isn't the same as going down and joining the local moose lodge. Uh, people who, who buy shares in a corporation aren't doing it because of shared values, correct? That's right. It's for, I mean, a corporation is an association of persons in a way, but they are not associated for the purposes of advancing speech or making political statements or anything like that. They're associated um, as shareholders, which is a very loose kind of association in any case, right. for exactly one purpose, which is to make profit. Okay, well, so to put the danger in perspective, the statistical abstract of the United States shows that the 100 largest corporations in America had profits of $605 billion in 2008, but the total spending on elections by all parties combined for 2008 was only $1.5 billion. So with the ruling in Citizens United, uh, aren't we talking about the potential? This isn't just a little increase. We're talking about the potential for the floodgates to come wide open. Yeah, that's right. And uh, we're starting to see it. It's going to get a lot more. It's happened to a very significant degree in the 2010 elections, the first ones after the Citizens United decision. It's going to be much, much worse in 2012 in ways that we can um, already see, where we can already see the outlines. Um, and exactly as you say, I mean, it's, Four billion total was spent, um, not just by the party. Total spent in the 2008 okay. election. Um, you know, Exxon, to take one example, regularly registers profits between two and a half and five times that size. My um, so one company alone, if they chose, if it chose, could just dwarf the amount that's been spent overall on campaign spending. Now, they're not going to spend that much money, of course, and there are other restraints on them besides just the law. But they're, they're as an aggregate, they're starting to spend a lot more, and it's, and it's going to increase. And the, and the ways they're spending it, um, which are primarily funneling the money through secretive front groups right. um, or through trade associations that can't be tracked back to the original corporate donor. Got it mean that there's a lot of room for mischief and and really fundamental manipulation of the electoral process. Right, and of course, you know, so we can see some of the dangers, and you just pointed out that, you know, they may not actually spend that much, uh, but but is there really a credible reason here for us to think that that they are not going to take advantage of this. I mean, if no, 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 they are taking advantage. They are taking advantage, and and it's going to be something that uh, is probably beyond uh, uh, what we what we foresee. At least, at least uh, people like me. You're in the business. Maybe you you foresee it, but I think this is going to be something that's going to take Americans by surprise, isn't it? Well, here's here's one thing I think we're going to see in in 2012. We're going to see um, a couple organizations that are controlled by Karl Rove and his associates. And the groups that are affiliated with the Koch brothers, just those two things. So Rove and the Koch brothers are going to have half a billion dollars to spend in the 2012 election. My goodness. My goodness. And this goes beyond the federal races, too, right? I mean, for instance, we've got 24 states that had laws that banned corporations from spending money on political races. Uh, but Citizens United, it seems to have effectively erased those laws. Uh, are we going to see those effects at the state level now? Yeah, actually, at the end of the day, this, when this all gets played out and we sort of reach a new equilibrium, I think it's going to be worst. Uh, the impacts will be worst in the state and local races, um, where you may have particular companies worried about particular officials and just spending a ton of money to take them out. We had a, There was a city council race in Oklahoma City recently where a couple oil companies spent $600,000 running um, against 
spending money against a city council candidate for a job that pays, I think, ten or twelve thousand dollars a year. My goodness, my goodness, and 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 the state of Montana is another example. Uh, in two thousand and ten, the average state legislator spent only seventeen thousand dollars to reach office, and this was based on a nineteen twelve. Since nineteen twelve, Montana has banned corporate dollars in elections, but now with Citizens United. What chance do regular folks have of reaching the state legislature to fight for the things that really matter to them? Yeah, that's right. And one of the things that's going to happen is, you know, the, the, at the federal level and at many states, too, there still is in place a, a prohibition, at least for now, on direct corporate contributions okay, to candidates. Right. But what they are doing is spending independently. So in some ways, um, and that's, that line barely exists even at the federal level now, but it means that the the corporate money is going in for these independent expenditures, which is a term of art, but it's money that's sort of spent separate from their campaigns. Even and the result is that the corporate money can be uh, the impact can be even worse than if it was run through the campaigns because there's not even the account. You know, a campaign in a way has to be accountable. If they run a vicious attack ad, um, you can run back you know, the the victim of the ad can run against the candidate and hold, try to hold them accountable, saying they're debasing the level of the right. conversation. Right. But if you've got some independent operation, which no one knows, you know, with, a, with an innocuous name, Americans for Prosperity, Americans for Freedom, Americans for whatever, running an ad, you can't hold them accountable because no one knows what they are or cares. Um, but the impact of their ads is just the same as if it ran from sure. the opposing candidate. So it's a really law of the jungle situation that we've got now that we in the in the aftermath of Citizens United, right? And these laws, though, that that prevented corporate money, uh, you know, maybe not being spent directly in elections, which of course is a separate issue than spending them in furtherance of election, uh, you know, like I guess the Swift Boat or some of those other campaigns That's that right. were done independently. But these were these laws were passed by a representative legislature, which means that the people supported them when those laws were passed. And I, I'm just I'm just wondering if Citizens United isn't in a way, the Supreme Court saying that they they don't really care about the will of the people. We're gonna we're gonna interpret this Constitution in a way that that really flies in the face of that. And and that I think is is something that our listeners would be interested in understanding. Is is that accurate? Well, that's exactly what happened. Now, of course, you could say in defense of the court. Well, that's you know that's their job. They're supposed to sort of look at the Bill of Rights. Those are core protections that, that we the people have decided we want to elevate up. And we're saying in those areas we we take away from legislatures at the state and federal level the right to adopt laws that interfere with those core fundamental rights and that's the proper role of court of the court sure. now of course the big difference here is the court has twisted the rights to protect the, the core first amendment right protection of people's speech rights it has twisted that and turned it into excuse me perceived speech rights of corporations, and then said, now the people who have enacted laws in the states or the people who have enacted laws through their Congress can no longer do so because these constitutional protections designed to protect people are now, according to the court's decree, going to protect corporations. And making it even worse, as you say in the first place, is those corporations themselves the creation of the people and statutory 
uh, enactments. Well, that, and I hear what you're saying, and, and part of what you said, I, I, I understand this is the court's job. It's the court's job to, to look at the Constitution and interpret it as they see fit. But what I'm wondering is why is this different now? For 200 years, there's been no such thing as corporate free speech under the First Amendment, and this is the first sort of rumblings that we've, we've heard about this. I mean, why is this happening now? Yeah, well, that's exactly right. There were, there were no First Amendment, there were really, except for freedom of the press, there was basically sure. no First Amendment rights for corporations at all until the 1970s. And then certain rights were created in the area of commercial speech for advertising and some um, political rights. But nothing uh, on the order of the Citizens United established rights until 2010. And the reason it happened is that there's been a concerted effort by corporations to evolve the law through think tanks right. and uh, lawyers associations and training of judges and writing law review articles. They helped build up a body of thinking that justified this evolution, really this revolution, reactionary revolution in, in the law. And then, of course, with a corporate-friendly five-to-four majority, they were able to impose this new ideology on the rest of the country. Right. And the Supreme Court's holding in Citizens United was five to four. It was barely a majority, and it was mostly along political party lines, uh, I think with one exception, Justice Stevens, who was, who, who was appointed by President Ford. Uh, but way back in 1974, a Supreme Court justice suggested that the outcome in these cases sometimes rests upon a ground no firmer than a change in the Supreme Court's membership. And I think many of our listeners are wondering if that isn't exactly what happened here. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I don't think you can – you can't understand even how the five-member majority exists um, and has the attitudes they do right. separate from the context of this bigger corporate push on on legal thinking and so on. Sure. Now, but absolutely, you're right. I mean, t- for for lawyers, even apart from the – you know, the how we might feel about the impact on democracy, for a lawyer reading a decision, it is stunning in its illogic and its break it. from precedent – uh, which is supposed to be the, uh, you know, the sort of the, the core operating principle sure. of, now of let me, court. Let, let me break in and tell you now, if you want, if people want to learn more about this constitutional amendment, can they go to your website at citizen.org? They can go to citizen.org or we've got a special one around our campaign called Democracy is for People. Radical notion. Democracy is for people.org. All right. Well, listen, I can't thank you enough for joining us today here on the Wyatt Wright Show. And uh, uh, keep up the good work in Washington, will you? Thank you so much. All right. We're going to have to wrap up this show. But as you go through your work week, remember that it was Justice Learned Hand who so famously said, if we're to keep our democracy, there must be one commandment. Thou shalt not ration justice. Have a good day, everybody. Let's talk again next week right here on Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show.